Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for the word that goes forth now. It will not return empty, but it will accomplish what it's been sent forth to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, receive the tithes and offerings, fellas. While they're doing that, let's open our Bibles to Ephesians 6. Thank you. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 and 1 Thessalonians 5. Ephesians 6 and 1 Thessalonians 5. Ephesians 6, 1 Thessalonians 5. Now, notice here in Ephesians 6, verse 16. Ephesians 6, verse 16 says, Above all, so above all, taking the shield of faith. Of course, he's talking about the armor of God here. And we'll not take the time this morning to get into all of those different pieces of of God's clothing. But he said, above all, taking the shield of faith, shield of faith, with which you'll be able to, what's that next word? It's, it's, It's quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one who would, that's the devil, that would be the devil. So take the shield of faith. Now, what's the shield of faith going to uh, allow you to be able to do? Quench. Real loud, real loud say quench. quench. Yeah, Quench all, not just some, but all of the fiery darts of the devil. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.19. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not. Now, what's that next word? Do not. Do not. Do not what? Quench. quench Do not quench the spirit. Now, in those two verses that we read, there's one word that we have in common. It's the word quench. And so I want to talk to you today about that word quench. Now, the word quench means to extinguish or to put out. Extinguish or to put out. You know, if there's a a fire going, you get the fire X. Extinguisher, is that right? You all know what a fire extinguisher is? We got three of them here in this church, and you go find one of those, pull the pin, and, and pu- push the lever, and and you shoot it at the fire, and you put it out. You put the fire out. So quench means to extinguish or to put out. Now in Paul's writings to the church, the Holy Spirit had him use this word quench. In these two verses, that's the only place you'll see it in Paul's writing to the church. Now, it's uh, this word quench. It's very important to our everyday walk as Christians to understand what it is that the Holy Spirit wants us to get out of this word. Now, as we read these two passages, one usage of the word quench had to do with putting out a fire. The other usage was To not put out a fire. In one place he said that you'll be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, we want to put the devil's fire out. Is that right? But then the other verse said, quench not the the spirit, the Holy Spirit. We don't want to put his fire out, do we? So, you see, in one case, this word quench is used to put out a fire. And the other usage is to not put out a fire. So let's look at, at both of these, these, uh, these, these instances. Now here in Ephesians 6, let's start with uh, putting out a fire. Let's start with quenching all the fiery darts of the devil. Now let's read Ephesians 6.16 6, again. Above all, taking, what are we supposed to take? The what? The shield of faith, 
with which you'll be able to what to quench. That means extinguish or put out some or all, all the fiery darts of the wicked one of the devil. Now, other translations of this verse refer to fiery darts as fiery tipped arrows. Now, how many of you would agree with me getting getting shot with an arrow would be bad enough? But if that arrow is on fire, that'd be worse, wouldn't it? Fiery tipped arrows. Another translation says burning missiles. Burning missiles. You know, the devil has some nasty weapons to use against us. You need to realize that the devil has some nasty weapons to use against us. But there's good news. God has given us a what? A shield of. You getting that? Now, the devil has some nasty weaponry, but God's weaponry is greater. And he's given us the what? The shield of faith. And what does that shield of faith allow us to do? It allows us to quench some or all. All the fiery darts, all the fiery tipped arrows, all of the burning missiles that the devil can send our way. Now, we're going to look at some of these fiery darts here in just a minute. but, But first of all, you need to understand what the shield of faith is. You need to understand what the shield of faith is. Now, in Roman times, and this is what Paul was really had in mind that he wanted to get across to us about the shield of faith. You need to realize that the Roman soldiers, the shield of faith was large enough, almost the size of a door. It was almost the size of a door, not quite as big as, as a door, but almost if you look at that door over there, not quite that big, but it was and it wasn't rectangular. It was more uh, oblong or oval, more or less. But it was it was a large thing and and the, the soldiers could actually stick it in the ground and get behind it to protect themselves from the devil's attack or from the enemy's attack. And so God has provided that a shield of faith for us. So think about something about the size of a door that the soldier would stick in the ground and he'd be able to get behind it as the enemy would shoot things at him. He'd be able to protect himself with that. So you say, well, okay, that's good. That's a natural thing. But but the shield of faith is not a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. What is the shield of faith? Well, here it is. If you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. You need to know this. Okay, if you're going to live out your days on the earth, you're going to need to know this. Okay, otherwise the devil will kill you. You understand that? Here it is. The shield of faith is your belief structure. It's your belief structure. It's your belief system. What do you believe about the word of God? That's what the shield of faith is. It's your belief structure. It's what you believe about the word of God. That is the shield of faith. It's based on the word of God. It's what you believe about the word of God. The word of God cannot protect you if you don't believe it. Did you hear what I just said? And you can't believe it if you don't know it. So you start out by studying the word of God and and find out what it says and then and then and then we talked about this last week, not believe it just in your head, but where in your heart. And then as you do that, you begin to develop the shield of faith in your life. 
I'm convinced some people, some Christians' shields of faith are, are stronger than others. Some Christians' shields of faith is bigger than others. You need to understand that. Because it's based on your belief system, your belief structure. Um, if I stood up here and said to you, Jesus was not born of a virgin. If I said that. If I said he was not born of a virgin. Would that get past your shield of faith? No, because he was born of a virgin, wasn't he? Do you understand that? But you see, if you don't have a good shield of faith, that can get through there and corrupt corrupt you. Did you get what I just said? It's God's will for you to be sick. Now, if I said that, because we know that it's God's will for you to be healed and well. But if you don't have a good shield of faith, a good strong shield of faith, a good strong belief structure, that can get through and into your thinking, into your spirit, and the devil can keep you sick the rest of your life. Did you get what I just said? Uh, what if I said this? God wants you broke and, and, and he, he wants you to have no money. He wants you to be destitute. Huh? No, because you see, you've got a shield of faith built there. You've seen the word. You've understood the word that God takes pleasure at the prosperity of his servant. He supplies all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Is that right? Now, is that correct? And so you see that, that, that false statement that I made and all those false statements, if you've got a good strong shield of faith, then that, that can't penetrate and get through to you and corrupt your, your thinking. But you see, if you don't have a good strong shield of faith, just that last one uh, where, where I said God wants you to be broke. Well, the devil could keep you broke the rest of your life, not able to pay your bills, not able to get, make it financially. If you didn't have a good shield of faith and that could penetrate, you got to believe in, well, God wants me broke. Do you understand that? Or God wants me sick or, or whatever the case. So you see, your shield of faith, say my shield of faith is my belief system, my belief structure in the word of God. Now, do you understand that? You see, see now, if I just talk about a shield of faith, that's kind of vague. What does that mean? But now I, I've given you an example to make it more clear. It's uh, it's I, I put it very crude example. But how many has ever seen a bug zapper? Ever seen a bug zapper? You hanging out there at night in the summertime, you know, and you know, it's a mosquito or a moth or whatever. And then it, it goes into that. And what happens? It zaps it, doesn't it? Does it zap it? Well, you know, the shield of faith is the same thing. You know, you get, you get, well, God wants you sick. Well, that's a bug that needs to be zapped. Is that right? So that comes into your shield of faith. And what happens? It zaps it and it stops it right there. That's the shield of faith at work. Uh, if you've ever watched a Star Trek, you know, they have, uh, have you ever heard Captain Kirk or Captain Picard? They'll say what? Shields up. Is that right? Keep the shields up. So the enemy, the Klingons or who are the enemies of the Starfleet now. Romulans, I, I can't keep it straight. But, you know, shields up and then they'll shoot those those missiles, right? Or whatever, the, what, what's it, photon torpedoes or what, whatever it's called. And they'll shoot them in at the Enterprise and the shields are up so those, those missiles can't get through and, 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 and hurt the Enterprise, the ship. Is that correct? Now, remember there, there was one time I'm thinking about now where, where Captain Kirk... 
uh, Allie Kirsty told him put the shields up. Remember that? It was in the second movie. I think what was the Wrath of Khan? I think it was. And I uh, said, put the shields up. And, 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 and Captain Kirk said, no, no, we don't need to do that. And then what happened? He got zapped, didn't he? And, and the Enterprise, uh, it, it, it really, it wrecked the Enterprise. And, and, and remember what Captain Kirk told her. He said, he said, you just go right on reminding me to keep the shields up, you see. Because he let the shields down and, and the enemy was able to, to, to strike a blow on the Enterprise that actually caused it to crash and burn later on. As I recall. So you see, I'm trying to use some examples to get you to see that we need to keep the, 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 the shields up. Realize I say shields up. shields up. you got to keep your shields up. What is the, what is the shield of faith? What is it? It's, it's your belief structure, your belief system in the word of God. Did you get that? Now, did you get that or not? You got that? How many has got that? Okay. Now, so you know what the shield of faith is. Now let's look at a few of the devil's fiery darts. Go to 2 Corinthians 10.5. Come on now. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Let's turn there. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Just a few things concerning the devil's fiery darts. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Casting down arguments or imaginations. You know the devil will get in and, if you let him, he'll get in there and toy with your imagination. If you let him. If you don't have a strong shield of faith, the devil can get in there and play with your imagination. Casting down imagination. See, if you have a, if you have a real good, strong shield of faith, that, that when the devil starts coming to toy with your imagination, that shield of faith will zap that or stop that from happening. The devil getting in there and toying with your imagination. Casting down arguments or imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself. Notice this against what? Against the knowledge of God. That's what the shield of faith is based on. The knowledge of God. Knowledge of the word of God and your belief in that. So what is one of the devil's fiery darts? Send crazy imaginations your way. He'll play with your imagination. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every what? Every, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. How does, what, what are the, what's one of those fiery darts? What's one of those fiery missiles that the devil will send your way? It's right here. It's thoughts. 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 I like what one uh, fellow said. He said, uh, you, can't, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair. You can't necessarily, now, now hear me out, you can't necessarily keep the devil from running a crazy thought through your head. But you don't have to take that thought and dwell on that thought. You can let your shield of faith rise up and drive that thought out. Did you hear what I just said? How many has ever had, a, had an ugly thought that you know wasn't yours, but it came from the devil? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think everybody has. I know I have. And uh, you see, it's not a sin. You, you, you haven't missed it when that thought flew through your brain. But if you don't have a good, strong shield of faith, 
you'll, you'll take hold of that thought and it'll corrupt, it'll corrupt you entirely. Did you hear me? People, Christians talking about, and, and, and people that don't know Jesus, same for both, don't just start out in the bed of adultery. Did you hear me? That starts long before you ever get into the bed with somebody you're not married to. Where does it start? It starts with a thought right here in the noggin. Is that right? Sure it does. Sure it does. Sure it does. And you see, if you don't have a strong shield of faith, see, that, that thought running through there isn't, isn't sin. It's just the devil being a creep. How many of you know the devil's a creep? But, but when that thought runs through there, see, if you don't cast it down, if you don't have a good strong shield of faith where, where the word of God rises up and you take authority over that and, and then you don't, you don't act on it. See, if, if you don't have that strong shield of faith, then the devil can get that thought in there and then you, you entertain it and you entertain it and you entertain it because you don't have that strong shield of faith and you entertain it and then, and then as time goes, the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're in the bed of adultery or, or, or you're, you're in some some sort of sin, whatever that may be. I'm just using that as an example. So, imaginations, thoughts. Here's another one that... Uh, 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 yeah, let, let's, let's just, for the sake of time, realize, say thoughts. Say imaginations. Here's another one. Let's just go to Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah 54:17. Here's another one of the devil's fiery missiles, fiery darts, fiery tipped arrows. Isaiah 54:17, no weapon, so we're talking about a weapon formed against you shall prosper, that's good to know. And every what? Every what? Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Have you ever had a tongue arise against you? Uh, Have you ever had somebody talk bad about you? Have you ever had somebody say something bad about you? Have you ever had somebody say something bad about you that you know it wasn't true? It was a lie. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? That is a fiery dart of the devil. A fiery dart of the wicked one. That, you know, the devil it will use people that will yield to him. Just like God will use people that will yield to him. I want to yield to God, not the devil. How about you? But the devil uses people. The devil will use Christians that will yield to him. I've already uh, watched Christians yield themselves totally and completely to the devil when they enter into gossip, talking bad about folks, lying, lying on people. I've watched Christians. I, I've seen some Christians. Their, their tongues were so sharp they could trim a hedge of bushes with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You'd think they'd know better. But, uh, alas, they don't. And, and their tongue is sharp and they talk badly. Have you ever had a Christian, a fellow brother or sister, talk bad about you besides me? Tell a lie on you besides, told a lie on you besides me? I've had that happen quite a lot over the years. That, what is that? That's a, that's, that's a fiery dart sent by the devil at you, goes through them at you to try to destroy you, try to distract you. But thank God we have the shield of faith, don't we? 
See, and if you'll know who you are in Christ, those words where they're accusing you of being this, that, or the other, well, if you have a good, strong shield of faith, didn't it say right here, no weapon formed against you will prosper? Didn't the Bible just say that? No weapon formed against you will prosper? Why is that? It is because we have, realize, say, a shield of faith. Shield of faith, see. Now, if you don't have that shield of faith up, then the devil's weapons will prosper against you. But if you've got the shield of faith up, you've got that good, strong belief structure, then it it doesn't matter what anybody says about you. Uh, You know what God said about you, and that's all that counts and matters, you see. And their words can just hit that shield and fall to the ground and be of no effect. Let's read this one in the New Living Translation. Let's, they have that back there. Let's, let's put this one in the New Living Translation. It says, but in, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. Isn't that wonderful? Why? Because of that shield of faith. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? If we'll serve God, then we have a right to that shield of faith. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Let's look at this one also in the Message Bible, the Message Translation. And uh, it says, uh, "No, but no weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? But why is that? It's because of, realize, say, the shield of faith. And then also, what's another way that the devil can attack you? Well, through physical, physically. We talked about we talked about uh, imaginations and and whatnot. We also talked about uh, thoughts. We talked about words. And another way the devil can attack you is through persecution and sickness. Isn't that isn't that a way the devil can attack you through persecution and through sickness and disease through persecution, sickness and disease. But again, if we'll have a strong shield of faith, we, when, the, when the persecution comes, when the sickness or disease comes, what does the Bible say Submit in the book of James? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Did God say that he'd flee? Yeah. But see, you have to have, have, have a shield of faith that's there. You need to realize that if you will submit yourself to God, if you'll resist the devil, then he has to flee. Doesn't the Bible also say, I mean, Paul, he said this. He said, fight the good fight of faith, didn't he? Now, do you think Paul would have made it to the end of his life? Because he said at the end of his life, he said he was aged. The devil didn't kill him young. Paul lived out his life. He was, he was referred to as Paul the aged. He lived out his life. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. And it's known as the shield of faith. See, so Paul, he made it through. I mean, he made it through the lion's den. See, Daniel wasn't the only one to go in the lion's den. Paul went in the lion's den. Is that right? And, and some other things happened to him. And, 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 but, but he had a good, strong shield of faith. And he made it through to the end. Now, did the devil, as we look at the Apostle Paul, did the devil ever apparently slip, slip through and, 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 and get to him in some ways? Well, certainly he did. Certainly he did. Now, I don't see where the devil ever got through and was able to put sickness and disease on Paul. Some might argue that, but I, I, I can't see that. But the devil was able to get through and persecute him a whole lot. Is that right? But... If the devil does get through that shield, if he does get through that force field, you know, what do we see in Paul? He did stand up against the devil, didn't he? He continued to resist the devil. And as a result, he drove the devil. I mean, I mean, he drove the devil back. One time the devil had people uh, beat Paul to the point of death. They drug him outside the city. Is that right? 
But what did Paul do? I mean, the devil did slip through. Has the devil ever slipped through and landed a blow on you? He slipped through and landed a blow on me a few times. But I tell you what, when he does that, we don't quit We like Paul. Paul got up. He dusted himself off. He went right back into the city and he got right back behind the shield of faith and he went right on with God and he finished his course. Say this. Say, I will continue. Yeah, I'm going to continue. Bless God. If the devil does does get in and slip a few blows in at me and hits me and this and that, I'm not going to give up. How about you? I'm going to continue right on with God. Say, I will continue. Amen. Just like Paul. You getting anything out of this so far? So we're talking about the shield of faith, the fiery darts, and we're supposed to put the fiery darts of the wicked one out. Is that correct? But now let's 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 look at the second part of this message as I go on just a little bit longer. We're supposed to quench the fiery darts, but there's someone we're not supposed to quench. What did first Thessalonians 519 say again? It said, do not quench the spirit. So we're supposed to quench the devil's fiery darts, but we're not supposed to quench the Holy Spirit. Did you know he can be quenched? Did you know he's a person? He's not an it. He's a person. And something about the Holy Spirit and what this is really getting at. The Bible said, do not quench the spirit. But let's read this in the NIV. They'll put it on the screen. Do not put out the spirit's what? Fire. fire. The Holy Ghost has fire about him. There's fire about the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost fire. I like the Holy Ghost fire. And the Bible is telling us here, do not put out the spirit's fire. Do not put out the spirit's fire. Um, it was either John the Baptist or Jesus, one or the other, said, I don't recall right now, but one of them said that you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I think it may have been John the Baptist who said of Jesus that he'd baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with and with what? And with fire. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so the Bible tells us here to not put out the spirit's fire. Now, we are supposed to put out the the devil's fiery darts, but we're not supposed to put out the spirit's fire. I think there's a lot of Christians, including myself, who have at times in their life. have put out the spirit's fire, have quenched the Holy Spirit. Now, let's talk a little bit about this. You need to hear this. Listen carefully. Because this right here is just as important, maybe more important than what we, what we, what we just said about the shield of faith. But, 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 but listen to this. Now, in the past, days gone by, I would apply this verse, do not quench the spirit. I would apply this verse... Only to the church service in which we're in right now. And the way it would come across is the Holy Spirit wanted to move. But for whatever reason, we didn't allow him to move. And so I would say that the spirit was quenched. Now, the Holy Spirit moving in a church service is important. Somebody say amen. And you certainly can quench him in the move of a service and we don't want to do that but the holy spirit moving in a church service is important 
but allowing him to move in our everyday lives outside the four walls of the sanctuary is much more important. I'm going to say that again. While the Holy Spirit moving in a church service is important, allowing him to move in our everyday lives outside the four walls of the sanctuary is much more important. If we just have him moving in our midst here and that's the beginning and the end of it, we just come to, the, to this building to have the Holy Ghost move and then we go out in our everyday life and he's not moving, what, what good is it? I mean, it's some good, but it's, it's, it's coming far short of what God wants for us. You see, listen to this. I've watched Christians in the church service, in the sanctuary. I've watched them. I've watched them prophesy. I've watched them speak in tongues. I've heard them speak in tongues. I've watched them dance. I've watched them shout. I've watched them laugh. I've watched them run around the building. And those same people, and then you you, you say, well, they're really yielding to the Holy Ghost there. Well, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. It might just be, and a lot of times it's just a bunch of flesh and hilarity. But I've watched Christians in the church service prophesy, speak in tongues, dance, shout, laugh and run, and then go out to lunch and talk bad about their pastor or fellow Christian. And in so doing, when they're sitting at the lunch table, they're quenching the Holy Spirit. Can anybody say amen? It not only quenched the Holy Spirit, but it grieved him. And you see, if all you have is a bunch of shouting and dancing and going on in the church service, and then you go out to the restaurant and you act like, like, like a heathen, what good is it? Huh? Let me ask you this. You don't have to raise your hand here, but have you ever given in to gossip? Have you ever sat and listened to it? Or you've entered in and gossiped yourself or said some things you shouldn't have said bad about somebody? Has anybody ever just sat and listened to it besides me? Has anybody in days gone by actually talked bad about somebody? If you're really saved when you do that, if you're really born again, when you do that on the inside of you, when you're sitting there listening to people talk bad about other folks... On the inside, there's a, uh, have you ever experienced that? And you know you shouldn't be listening to it, but you don't walk away or you don't put a stop to it or something like that. When you do that, you're quenching the, when you listen to it and don't do something about it, you're quenching the spirit. Did you hear me? You enter into it. Have you ever said some things about somebody and when you're saying it, you know you shouldn't be saying it? Huh? And that's the Spirit of God is on the inside, rising up, trying to rise up on the inside to get you to not do that. But he's a gentleman. He won't make you do anything. But when you go ahead and yield to it, see, you're quenching him. You're extinguishing him, that, that fire on the inside. Do you understand that? I'm not saying that he's leaving you. He's not going to leave you. But, but you're giving in to some things you shouldn't be giving into, And you're, you're quenching him. See, we, we, most of us understand about quenching him in, in, the, in the church service, but you, you, you can quench him when you're not in a church service. Have you ever had the opportunity to share Jesus with someone 
and didn't? Oh, the Holy Spirit wants me to get this across to you. I hope I, hope I can. Trust, trust God to help me to get this across to the people. When you don't do something as simple as leave a track somewhere for somebody, guess what you're doing? You're quenching the Spirit. Have you ever had the opportunity to pray for the sick? And the Spirit of God was, was, was unctioning you to, to pray for them, but you didn't do it. Huh? It's real easy to pray for the sick in the church service, but what about when you're at Walmart? We're quenching the Spirit, see? Have you ever had the opportunity to give something to someone in need and didn't? Anybody? In so doing, you're quenching the Holy Spirit. See, we've always thought, or I've always thought, you know, quenching the Spirit just had to do it to church service, you know. And there's a truth there, certainly. If the Holy Ghost wanted to move a certain way in a church service and I didn't allow him to do it, what do you mean you didn't allow the Holy Yeah, you cannot allow the Holy Spirit to do some things that He wants to do. You can go a different direction. You can quench Him. Well, we understand that in the context of the church service, but what about outside the four walls of the church? Good example. Fits right in here just perfect. I love the way the Holy Spirit orchestrates these services. Uh, he's running the pulpit, by the way. I'm not. My wife isn't running the pulpit. The elders, deacons aren't running the pulpit. Holy Ghost is running the pulpit. Can anybody say Amen. You know, there's a lot of churches that the pastor's wife runs a pulpit. Did you know that? Did you know that? There's a lot of church, churches where the, the deacons run the pulpit. They won't let the pastor preach certain things. You know that what those deacons are doing? Quenching the spirit. Did you hear what I just said? But what I wanted to say right here is, is we have an outreach right now. Uh, how many of you feel like you're supposed to be a part of this church? Well, you don't have to raise your hand, but just in your heart, you know if you're supposed to be here or not. So if you feel like you're a part of this church, then, then I'm your pastor and I, I don't try to run anybody's life. You, you know that. But, but there, we have an outreach going on right now to Kellison School. Is that right? Okay. Now, if you have the means whereby you could bring in a pencil or a folder or a notebook or any of those things we're collecting, if you have the means. Now, if you don't have the means, then... Then if you don't have the money, if you don't have the means, but if you have the means to do that and you don't do that, guess what you are doing? You are, you're what? You're quenching the spirit because that's how he's moving. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that to make you feel guilty. I, I, what am I saying that for? To get you to see that there's other ways of quenching the Holy Spirit than just in a church service. And I believe that he's far more offended. You can offend the Holy Spirit. I believe that he's far more offended when we have the opportunity to bless little kids that don't have anything. And we refuse to do that. Whether And I'm convinced most people don't have the attitude, I refuse to bring those little kids some pencils. What it is, it's just neglect and just not thinking about it. And other things are more important to you. And I can fall in that same boat. 
Now, do you want a man of God to stand up here and preach to you like this, or do you want me to just tickle your ears with? Think you want a man of God, don't you? See, have you quenched the Holy Spirit? Are you quenching the Holy Spirit when there's a need and you can you could fulfill it, but but you're just for whatever reason you're just too busy. You're just gonna not do that. See, that's quenching the Spirit. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? Oh yeah. Well, let's close this up. Let's go to Romans twelve eleven. Let's close this up. Here's just another verse. Romans twelve eleven in the Amplified Bible. It says, Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and what? Burning. Realize, say burning with the Spirit. Yeah, burning with the Spirit. It's up to you how... Hot you are for God. It's up to you how on fire you are for God. God wants you burning with the fire of the Holy Ghost. See, I I just feel unctioned again to say it. Uh, See, from the circles that I have come out of and and, and the things, the the way I used to look at things is, oh, we're burning on fire with the Holy Ghost. The pastor's on fire. He was on fire this morning. He was just on fire. You know, he's on fire. Running around the room and on fire. Oh, and people leave saying, boy, he was on fire today. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But what good is it if I get up here and preach like a... Just because I'm... Just because I'm... That doesn't mean I'm on fire. How, what good is that if I, don't, if, I, if I do that, but I can bring things to help little kids and I don't do it? Where, what's God more impressed with? Is he more impressed with me preaching? Or would he be more impressed if I brought something for little kids? What's more on fire? I've come to see after many years, God will see me more on fire for him by getting involved with passing out a track or, or bringing something for a little kid. Than he is by me up here ranting and raving in the pulpit. Can anybody say amen? amen? If you can't see that, I pray God changes your heart. Look at, look at this same verse in the New Living Translation. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord How? I wonder, has anybody, if you're like me, you've ever felt like you've lost your enthusiasm? Has anybody in that boat in here, maybe besides me, just lost your enthusiasm? Did you know you can get that back? Say, I can get it back. Yeah. How, how, how do I do it? Well, look at, let's read this in the Message Bible. It says, look at this in the Message. Don't burn out. Does anybody feel like they've been, have you ever burned out? you ever feel like you've been burned out? You've lost your enthusiasm? Burned out? We're talking about the fire of the Spirit. Notice he says, keep yourselves, keep yourselves, what? Fueled and aflame. Now, is that something God's going to do or is that something you do? See, if you've lost your enthusiasm, if you've, if, if you've burned out, so to speak, it's not God's fault. It's not my fault. Guess whose fault it is? It's your fault. 
If that's happened to me, it's my fault. You know, we as Christians are so quick to blame things on other people. Didn't Adam do that in the Garden of Eden right away? He blamed his wife, didn't he? Didn't he? And, 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 and I tell you, we're so quick to blame stuff on. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always this one's fault and that one's fault. No, if you're burned out, if you've lost your enthusiasm, if you're just dredging through the heat and the cold, barely getting along, it's nobody's fault but yours. Somebody say amen. But there's good news because you can keep yourself fueled and aflame. How do you do it? Second Timothy one six amplified Bible. I'm closing right here. Get this. How? What do you do? What do you do if 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 if, if, if you've lost your the fire of the spirit? You haven't lost the Holy Ghost, but you've lost the fire of the spirit. Notice this. Second Timothy one six. Paul says it's Timothy. He says that is why I would remind you. So I'm standing here reminding you to stir up. Realize, say stir up. You got to do it. I'm reminding you. You stir up, rekindle the embers of fan the flame. Keep burning. What happens at a big bonfire? You ever been to a big bonfire and it starts to run down, starts to burn down? You've been roasting the marshmallows, but then a couple hours have gone by and it's starting to run down. What do you do? You start fanning the thing, don't you? And maybe get some more wood put on it and start fanning the flames. And all of a sudden that fire comes back again. Well, if you you hadn't lost the Holy Ghost, but if you've lost your enthusiasm and, and all of that, you, you need to get the fire of the spirit back about you. So, uh, But you've got to do it. God won't do it for you. I can't do it. You've got to do it. You see, you can't do it for me. I've got to do it for myself. He said, I remind you, you stir up, rekindle the embers, fan the flame, keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that's in you by means of the laying on of my hands. See, Paul laid his hands on Timothy and parted a spiritual gift unto him. All right. But. It was up to Timothy to keep that fire of the spirit stirred up and burning about him. You see, did, did you did you hear that? Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jude chapter one, verse 20. Look at this. Jude, there's only one chapter. Verse 20. Look at this. But but come on. But who? But who? Who's he talking to? He's talking to you. He's talking to me. You got it. You, beloved, building yourselves up. That word building there, yourselves up, that, that wording there has to do. Have you ever had a car battery? Has, have you ever had a car battery go dead on you and you turn the key and it goes? Rawr, rawr, rawr. And Christians can become the same, become the same way on the inside. You just, you know, it's just like you turn your key. And some Christians, it's not even. Have you ever had a worse case in your car where? I mean, it's deader than a doornail. Is that right? But that thing can be recharged. Well, we can be recharged. We can be recharged. How do you do it? How do you recharge yourself? He says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, prayer and prayer, prayer in the spirit, praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost, coming to church services where the fire of God's flowing and, and, and then getting in the word of God during the week and, and praying and so on and so forth. I tell you what, uh, you can get your battery, spiritually speaking, charged back up. You can get that spiritual fire back burning, but you've got to stir it up. You've got to rekindle. You've got to do, say, I got to do it. Yeah, you've got to do it, you see. Pastor, lay hands on me. No, it doesn't work that way. Well, 
Paul laid hands on Timothy. Yeah, that was initially. But after that, he told Timothy he had to remind him, keep that fire ablaze. You've got to do it. Remember David, when he was at a low point, King David, what did the Bible say? He encouraged himself. If you don't do it for yourself, it won't get done. Remember in the early church. Remember on the day of Pentecost. How many remembers that? And and, and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's 120 of them. They got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues and all of that. And we put the emphasis on the tongues and and that's fine. But the emphasis shouldn't have been put on the tongues, although that's fine. But the emphasis, do you realize what happened on the day of Pentecost? Peter, under the power of the Holy Ghost, stood up and preached. I think it was 3,000 people got saved. Why don't we put the emphasis on that? Can you hear me? 3,000 people got saved. Yeah, they were all stumbling around like drunk people. Those, those 120. No, they weren't. They, they weren't acting like drunk people. That's, that's not correct. You go back and study. A few of the mockers said, well, they're drunk. Just a few of the The whole crowd didn't think they was drunk. Just a few of the mockers said they're drunk. And, and Peter said, these aren't drunk. How many of you know drunkenness is condemned in scripture? We shouldn't be stumbling around like a bunch of drunk people in church. Somebody say amen. We're supposed to be a sober mind. No, they weren't all acting like a bunch of drunk people. That's an errant teaching. That's not correct. Did you hear what it just said? But they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And Peter stood up under the power of the spirit of sound mind. And he preached and declared Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And I think 3,000 people got saved. Glory. Can you say amen? But then they went along and then they came up to the hour of prayer. Realize, say the hour of prayer. They came up to the hour of prayer, you see. They came up to the hour of prayer, uh, Peter and John. And there was that lame man, you see. And he was at the gate beautiful. Remember that? And he had never walked. He was over 40 some odd years old. He'd never walked. How many of you remember that? And, and, and he walked up there and he's begging for alms, begging for, 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 for some money, you know. And Peter said, he said, look on us. He, he said, silver and gold have I none. That didn't mean Peter was broke. He just didn't have any money on him at the time. He said, silver and gold have I none. He said, but such as I give, have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And how many of you know the power of God hit that guy, it hit that guy in the legs and that guy he got up and he was going on there. He was healed. Can you say amen? And so then that caused a big stir and a big thing going on there, you know. And finally, the, the religious hypocrites of the day, they got on Peter and John and they hauled him in, in, you know, and they started to question him. And they started asking him, how did this happen? And remember, Peter said, well, we're, we're, we're nothing in and of ourselves, but it wasn't us that healed that guy. But it was Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ through faith in that name. Glory to God. And it was the power of God that healed him. And so you see. Those those religious people, they couldn't do anything about it because, after all, this man was healed. It was a miracle. Realize, say a miracle. It was a miracle, you see. And so they threatened Peter and John and they said, don't you preach anymore in the in this name of Jesus. And they let him go. And, you know, Peter and John, you can see they were beaten down. They were they were they were beaten. They they had been threatened and they were beaten down. And guess what they did? I mean, I'm convinced they lost some of the fire of the spirit, you know, that. The Holy Ghost moved through them. There was great fire came out of them, healed that guy. But then they were threatened and they were persecuted. You know, that's one of the fiery darts of the devil. He'll come and persecute and he persecuted them and persecuted them. And then you can see as they leave that 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 place of persecution, that the fire of the spirit, you know, had had waned within them. And so what did they do? They went back to their own company. They went back to those. They they went to church, so to speak. They went to church and they got around those of their own company, those of precious life 
like faith. And they began to pray. Realize, say pray. And they began to pray. They began to pray. And as they prayed, the Bible said that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, wait a minute. I thought they got filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. They did get filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. See, they didn't, they did, they didn't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost again. They lost the fire of the Spirit. You can have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, but you can quench Him and extinguish Him to the point that He's in there, but the, the He's in there, alright, but the fire isn't, isn't flowing. The fire isn't burning. The fire isn't hot as it should be, you see? And so that's what happened to Peter and, and, and John. And you see that the fire of the Spirit had been, they, they got hit by one of those fiery darts and the fire of this, of, 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 of the Spirit had waned, but they got together and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they, they asked God to help them and they prayed and they sought God and they stirred up that fire. Glory to God forevermore. Can you say amen? And the Bible said that, that boldness, boldness came on them. What happened? They, they got that fire stirred back up in them, you see. The Bible says be filled, be being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's something that we have to keep stirred up all the time. If you don't keep the fire of God stirred up in you all the time, it'll start to wane. But you stay in the Word of God. Stay believing the Word of God. Stay in the house of God. Pray in the understanding. Pray in the Spirit. Seek God. Be hungry for the things of God. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And, and let that fire burn on the end. It'll start. It'll get hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. And boldness came. Boldness came on Peter and John. And they, they basically said, we'll obey God rather than man. And they went back out in the name of Jesus doing exploits for God. Can you say amen? Glory to God. See that fire. Do you see how that fire just stirred up within me there? Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the fiery darts of the devil need to be quenched. The fire of the Holy Ghost need not be quenched. Fight fire with fire. That's what I heard the Holy Ghost say as I was putting this together. Fight fire with fire. Have you ever heard him fighting fire with fire? You fight fire with fire. Be so hot with the fire of the Holy Spirit that the shield of faith, that your shield of faith is hotter than the fire of the devil's darts. And the shield of faith burns so hot that when the devil's fiery darts hits your shield of faith, your shield of faith extinguishes the fiery darts of the devil. Did you hear what the Holy Ghost is saying? Did you hear that? I tell you, you fight fire with fire. Say, I will fight fire with fire. Yeah, I'm telling you that the fire of God can burn much hotter than the fire of the devil. It's not even close. And you can get so on fire for God that your shield of faith, you can feed your shield of faith with high octane from the word of God. And you can get that shield of faith of yours burning so hot, bless God, that when the devil's fiery missiles, when the devil's fiery darts, when those fiery tipped arrows of the devil hit your shield of faith, it just consumes those fiery darts. Why? 
Because your shield of faith is much hotter than the fiery darts of the enemy. You see, you fight fire with fire. Why did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, why did they not get burned up in the devil's fiery furnace, in the fiery furnace of Nebuchadnezzar? Why didn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, why did they not get burned up in that fiery furnace? Because their fire was burning hotter than the fire of the devil's furnace. Can you say amen? I said their fire was burning hotter than the fire of the devil's furnace. And I tell you what, you get, can get so on fire for God that when the devil, that's what Paul, he was so on fire for God that when the fire of the enemy came at him, the fire of God just put it out. And when the fire did, of the devil did get through to him, he just continued right on to burn hot for the Lord Jesus and he fulfilled his life and ministry. Can you say amen? Say, I will fight fire with fire. Now stand on your feet right where you are. I don't want anybody moving around. I want you standing right where you are. Now listen to me here now. Do not unhook. I want anybody moving around just for the next few minutes. Standing right where you are. Don't don't move around. I'm telling you, don't move around. Just stay right where you are just for a few minutes. Now. This is what, 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 what we've been praying about. This is what I heard in my spirit as we approached this service today. It came up in the, one of the stories that I was quoting about that man at the gate. Beautiful. It was a miracle of healing. It was a miracle of healing. Gifts of healings. First Corinthians talks about. Gifts of healings. A miracle of healing, gifts of healings, a miracle of healing, gifts of healings, miracle of healing, gifts of healings, miracle of healing. Now, I believe that the gifts of healings are here right now. Miracles of healings are here right now available for you. Somebody said, Pastor, lay hands on us. No, it's time for us to move up to a little bit higher level. Now, there's nothing wrong with having people lay hands on you. There's nothing wrong. There'd be nothing wrong if I laid hands on you. The Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Nothing wrong with that. But I just feel impressed to the Spirit of God that a little bit higher level is you don't need to have somebody lay hands on you. You can reach out. We talked about last week. Reach out with a hand of faith. Reach out by faith and receive, you see. You can reach out by faith and receive now. Gifts of healing, miracle of healings. Now you can see that healing is a process. Now listen to me now. Don't don't be moving around. Listen to me. Healing is a process. Healing is a process. See, if somebody had a strep throat, for example, they'd go to the doctor. The doctor would give them some medicine. And over the course of a couple of days or whatever, they'd heal up. And that's healing. But if, if somebody, uh, well, let's take for example, if somebody had some kind of, a, a, of, of an eye disease or something, where they could put some eye drops in it, and then over the course of the next hours or days it heals up, see, that's healing. But a miracle of healing is like if somebody was blind. See, see, they don't need healing. They need a miracle. If somebody was missing, missing an eyeball, see, healing, 
They don't, healing power of God doesn't touch that. They, 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 they need a miracle. They need a miracle, you see. A miracle. If somebody needs something regenerated, a, a, a body part, for example, well, like that man with the withered hand there that Jesus said, stretch forth thine hand. Remember that? See, that guy didn't need healing. He needed a miracle. See, that guy at the gate, beautiful. He, he, he didn't need healing. He needed a miracle. And uh, certainly there's healing power available for you today. But, but it just seems like the Spirit of God's moving in the area of, of miracles of healing. If there's something in your body that's, that, that's missing, God, His power, can put it back and will put it back. I said not only can but will. I said not only can but will. Not only can but will. If you're missing something, maybe something's degenerated over the years. Uh, uh, the, the miracle power of God can, can regenerate it, put it back. Put it back as good as it was new and better. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said he can do it and he will do it. Maybe you're, you're missing something here. There's something that needs to be... Uh, maybe something in your body has stopped working and it's beyond healing. Medicine can't help it. It's beyond healing. But, but the power of God can hit that thing and cause it to work again. I said the power of God can hit that thing and cause it to work again. The miracle power of God. So I'm going I, 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 to, I just feel like I need to release that with my words as I do. You reach out with a hand of faith and believe it, receive it. And if you'll do that, it'll be thus and so it'll be done in your life. So in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, right now I release the gifts of healings be made manifest. 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 Miracles of healing 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 be made manifest. Gifts of healings be made manifest. Gifts of healings be made man be the miracle power of God flow in Jesus name. Now, you believe that you receive that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It seems like also, too, there's somebody under the sound of my voice that this power... It can now. Now this is back on to healing, not to miracles, but uh, but yet it, they hook together. They associate pretty closely. That something that is something that 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 would naturally heal, the power of God has hit you today, and you'll supernaturally heal. In other words, naturally you would have healed, but the, this power of God can cause that to heal faster and quicker, faster and quicker, faster and quicker, faster and quicker, faster and quicker. We've seen this over the years. We've had doctors' uh, reports that where people have healed, they've been amazed. Heal faster and quicker. Realize, say faster and quicker. Yeah, faster and quicker. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know that's for somebody. Hallelujah. Now let's just let's just raise our voice to Him and thank Him for what He's done. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. We give you honor and praise and glory. We give you honor and praise and glory for the miracle healing power of God. For the miracle healing power of God. For the miracle healing power of God. Uh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah.